Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Len. And this is Minute 14 of Fright Night. It begins with Charlie dozing, and it ends with Jerry about to bite a neck. Lovers, love scars, love wounds, and Mars. I have uh, written down for this entire minute, boobs and sexy guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's start with a snoring Charlie, a, a snoozing one. On the commentary, uh, William Ragsdale actually noticed uh, the sweater he's wearing, which is like a diamond checkered kind of thing. Yeah. And he, sa- he actually said, ah, that's the Harlequin sweater that I still have. No I'm kidding. I'm not sure if he's actually kidding or not. <laughs> so the script says, soft, sensual music snakes through his open window, enveloping him slowly and dragging him awake, which I think is just a perfect definition of this, uh, this score. Yeah, pulled it off. Um, we, I have all sorts of facts about this, of course. It is written and performed by Brad Fidel, or Fidel. I think it's just Fidel. So Tom was asked on the commentary, why electronic music rather than orchestral? And he said, because I was so in love with Terminator. Brad wrote the score for Terminator. Oh, now that you say that. (laughs) Whoa, all right. Yeah, the the first Terminator, I can can absolutely hear it. Yeah. And he says, uh, I hadn't really heard that before. I heard faltering attempts like Tangerine Dream, like that score for the Friedkin film Sorcerer. It hadn't really worked for me. I thought Terminator had a blowout score. So Tom was really impressed by that. It's funny that Tangerine Dream is like one of those uh, one of those synth groups that you hear in the background of uh, a lot of 80s movies, which I always dig. But I guess Tom wasn't a big fan <laughs> of electronic music until he heard Brad's work for Terminator. So, Well, the thing about this particular score is it does feel like the 80s. But this day and age, when I watch a mo- an older movie, a lot of times the score stands out so... A lot of times the score just seems corny, I guess. Yeah, I, I automatically think of, like, Risky Business. That's a tangerine dream. Howard Faltermeyer's score for Beverly Hills Cop. Right. Boop, 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 boop. Axel something, that song's called, yeah. Axel F, yeah. Axel F, yeah. Uh, so Brad has also made the score for uh, Terminator 2. And doom, doom, as well. doom, doom, doom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, scores for uh, the movies Blink. True Lies, Blue Steel, The Serpent and the Rainbow, and uh, a lot more. True um, Lies is a great movie. I really mm-hmm. like that one. Yeah, Brad's work with uh, Cameron is is pretty standout. I, I say Brad like we're friends. I did reach out to him for with an email. Hopefully, he'll respond to me. But uh, maybe we'll have him on the show if he if he does. Yeah, he's not really doing scores these days. He's probably living in blissful re- retirement. So. Well, somebody better teach him how to use a fucking computer so we can get him on. (laughs) (laughs) Not that far Uh, from those mini keyboards you used to use, you prick. Damn it. Come on our show. You're awesome. (laughs) 
I'm sorry my co-host keeps calling you a prick, but uh, <laughs> it's with love and admiration. Yeah, we're we're frustrated. We want to talk to you. He actually played keyboards for Hall and Oates for a short period of time oh. too. Yeah. I can't go. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, his score, the score for Fright Night, uh, was not even on CD until around 2011. Whoa. And unfortunately, uh, some of the master tapes had gone missing, so some of the music was transferred from lower quality tapes. So it's kind of a, a crappier, hmm. crappier, not, not very, very good reason, uh, version. Twilight Time put out a limited edition Blu-ray that included a score CD. But I think it's pretty much a, a copy of that 2011 CD. Sure. There's all sorts of bootlegs out there, and they look really cool. There's, I, I, I don't know, you can find them. And a lot of this information that I'm uh, reciting on uh, uh, Fright Night Wiki. <laughs> There's a Fright Night Wiki out there. The only piece that's actually available to stream on the net is a song that's playing during the scene, which is pretty much the the big um, masterpiece of the score, which is, uh, I mean, it's called Come to Me. I also saw it called uh, Window Watching or Dream Window. Hmm. Yeah, I do think a great interpretation of Come to Me is soft, sensual music, snakes through an open window, enveloping Charlie slowly and dragging him awake. It's just, it's perfect. Yeah, it's also what I base the introduction, the show introduction music on. Mm. Uh, feel free to contact Len with any sort of lawsuits. Uh, <laughs> it sounds exactly like Come to Me Now. <laughs> Not even close. It's just I stole the bass line. And, um, we're, definitely, we're definitely inspired. Yeah, uh, just, by this just movie to be inspired by Yeah. I, just, I, I was just kind of listening to it and almost like transcribing it with, uh, with words. It's just, it starts with those mid-range notes repeating over and over and over again, and then that guitar kind of kicks in. Yeah. And it's as if the guitar is kind of like just kind of toying with it at first, you know, just playing around with it. And then it just starts building with intensity and doubling over and over itself. And it's not here, but it's uh, it's later when they play this again where we just get into the bow, 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 <laughs> you know, which, you know, since we paid so much attention to bow from the uh, uh, the logo extending fangs or stakes. Um, I'm wondering if it was the same exact thing, like he used the same bow mm. from this this little piece. There is a version of this song that has words. Did really? you know that? Yeah. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yep, you can find that online too. It is sung by uh, Brad Fidel himself. Huh. And I believe for Fright Night 2, they had a lady, I'm, not for, I'm forgetting what her name is. I think it's Deborah Holland, but I don't think it's any relation to Tom who sang the song over the Fright Night 2 credits. Hmm. Let me just read the lyrics here, or some of the lyrics. Uh, Your life is the same, day after day. Everything that you do, you do the same old way. I can show you the world in a different light. Keep your heart to yourself. Give your soul to the night. Come to me when you're lonely. Come to me when you need something new. Come to me when you're restless, because I've got something just for you. (laughs) Which is just like, ew, that's a vampire lyric. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or a pedos. <laughs> so let's get back to the movie itself, okay? Uh, this scene, Charlie wakes up and sees pretty much Skinamax taking place across the lawn <laughs> at his neighbor's window. And it's just like <gasps> the excitement from uh, teenage Charlie. 
Well, he has all those nudie mags laying on the floor. He is <laughs> oh, a, yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine if this happened to you, just looking out a window. Like, have you ever peeked across, like, to a building or something and seen anything kind of weird happen? Or anything, you know, you don't need to admit anything. <laughs> no, I'll admit, it. No. I'll, I'll admit it. When I was, I don't know. I knew you'd have a story. <laughs> uh, when I was 11 or 12, my grandmother moved into town in a neighborhood where there were some other kids my age. It just so happens those other kids were a lot less sheltered than I was. And they were already swearing and stealing cigarettes and breaking beer bottles in the woods and that kind of stuff. One of them had an older brother and we all climbed up on some milk crates outside the <laughs> the older brother's window and watched while he fooled around with his girlfriend. We took turns <laughs> we took turns peeking in. And then I stopped hanging out with those guys because they were just bad. I don't know if my grandmother said not to, or I I, I feel like I made the decision myself. Yeah. They started touching each other's Peters in the woods and stuff, and I think that was enough for me. But <laughs> They were, did you bury porno mags in the woods too? <laughs> not with them, but I, I did that at, at one point as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And then you'd dig them up and they'd be, you know, saturated with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come out to the suburbs and go into the woods. There's porno just kind of buried everywhere. <laughs> it's crazy. And, uh, and teenage boys, you know, much like bloodhounds and their uh, like dogs and their bones will. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll seek it out. We'll find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just, God, imagine uh, if this happened, just looking out a window and seeing this. All right. So Charlie wakes up and he sees this girl taking her shirt off and then her and then her bra. So my first question here is, how does Jerry get these women? Is it is it through Billy? Does he go out himself? Or does he call by phone? Because, you know, the last one, uh, Cheryl, um, arrived by cab. Right. So it's like witnesses. Like this cabbie might see, oh, this, I mean, this beautiful woman in the back of my cab, you know, and sees her on the news. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that they're all call girls i think that he's a creature of the night he's an attractive man according to mrs brewster she's so she's heard and i and he has he's that, a vampire yeah he has that uh <laughs> he has that magnetism man he he that's a vampire trope this uh this character this girl is called in the script and in the cast credits teenage girl like she's not hooker She's right. a teenage girl. This is not a hooker this time. Right. So she's like in front of this window and, and like, why is Jerry leaving the shade open uh, when he's got this kid? Uh, maybe Billy told him about hey, the, that kid. Uh, he was uh, rattling at the uh, storm doors earlier today. You know, did he did he do this in front of the window intentionally? I mean, I'm assuming he didn't by what happens in the next minute. But still, right. it's kind of careless. Hey, he's got to eat, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's he's true. Got the hunger. He's not yeah. thinking about the window. And <laughs> probably, if I had to guess, I bet you Billy got an earful after. He left the <laughs> yeah. goddamn window open. <laughs> you know, what's, what's really creepy about the scene is, you know, Charlie is staring across, and this girl is clearly staring right back at him. Yeah, she's looking at him. I'm wondering if uh, she's, like, entranced, maybe, or drugged. 
And also, it's like one of those things where it's, you know, sometimes you're standing in front of a window and you don't realize that it's dark outside. You don't kind of realize, you know, how, how vulnerable you are. You can you can be seen. You know, sure. maybe it's a thing where he doesn't, re- he doesn't realize and maybe she's kind of staring at her own reflection in the window. Right. Maybe she's realizing the other person that's behind her doesn't have a reflection. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Teenage Girl is played by Irina Irvine. She was 21 when she uh, decided to undress on camera here. This is her first credit on IMDb. It's followed by a guest spot on Freddy's Nightmares. Okay. And then she had like a maybe a four to six part recurring role on Linda Hamilton's uh, TV show, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. But uh, nothing else. Nothing else after that. Huh. And so I, I dug a little further, and you can call her doctor. Um, huh. She is a PhD in ecology and evolutionary biology. She works for the Department of Interior at the National Park Service. She's probably smarter than the both of us. <laughs> yeah, no, that's incredible. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as this minute wraps up, we have Jerry coming up out from the shadows. He's kissing her neck and then he picks his head up and you see the fangs, uh, sort of poking out. They're not that big. They're just barely peeking out. It's classic vampire. It's not cartoonish vampire. It is, it, it is just a classic, classic vampire. Not scary. This is. You know, he's a, he's a lover, not a biter. <laughs> <laughs> I really love how the shot is framed, too. When he's moving his head back for a second, you don't see anything because of the, the way the window's shaped. That's a great little reveal. It sunk with the music very well. Oh, yeah. Cool. That, that sensual music over this very sensual scene. I love the fact that the teenage girl is wearing a red shirt, almost like a, a red riding hood and, and yeah. uh, Jerry, Jerry's the wolf behind her. For sure. And uh, yeah, I love how uh, Charlie's uh, excitement gets turned into like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. You got anything else? I do not. All right, so I think it's probably time to put a stake in this one. Please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to FrightNightMinute at gmail.com and please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Len. Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. He's a vampire. A what? (laughs) You're so cool, Bruce.